Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest things to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night This is the Code of Conduct of the King Podcast I am your host, Jay Spencer King And I am excited cause it's a hard knock life week And y'all know I always try to throw out those Jay-Z references when I can But we are going to be talking about some Who's going to be on Hard Knocks this year? Who's going to, we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about, we're going to try to put to rest some of this drama that's been down at One Bill's Drive. And then we're going to talk some other stuff too. We're going to have some fun and kind of talk um, hypotheticals, like who should be on certain lists and who shouldn't be, or will people be taken off certain lists and walls and all that stuff. And to do that, I have two legends. I have the, the co-hosts of the line to gain show i have sarah larson oh wait wait we called her sarah cap or, or salary cap sarah and yeah it doesn't big... it doesn't quite roll off your tongue well <laughs> it you, gotta, you, you, you gotta come up with your own nickname then you gotta get one yeah. you need a nickname well everyone called me lala when i was younger but it just never continued as i got older so i'm trying to bring that back a little bit all right well We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll figure it out. Work with it. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got my man, Big O. What is going on, sir? The legend himself. Not much, man. I'm gassed up. I'm ready to go. I'm excited about it. Always good to be on with you. Obviously, get to go with Sarah every week. And we'll be on again uh, tomorrow night, right, sir? Am I I correct with all that? Yeah. So uh, are we going on at nine or are we going on at eight? Nine. We're going on to nine. So nine Eastern, eight central, line to gain. Sarah will run that. I'm just a, I'm just a I'm just a passenger on that trip, Spence. <laughs> I, I know how it goes. Tomorrow I'll be a passenger as well as uh the chop up return. So it'll be me and Sterling. I'm not sure if Jeremy and I don't think Antoine's joining us either. So I think Sterling's gonna He's going to uh, drive the vehicle tomorrow as I sit there as a passenger as well. And we're going to get it in. But let's start Let's start this episode with, uh, it was I guess it's like breaking news in a way. Uh, TMZ reports that Tariq Hill, wide receiver, star wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, um, is under investigation currently right now. It says uh, over alleged assault and battery in Miami. Um, I guess at some point, I, I'm, I'm one of the guys, I try not to... Um, when, when guys have these type of off-field issues, I don't try to really dive too deep into it, and I try not to talk because 
I, I try to keep everything separate, like the personal life and the game right. and all that stuff. It gets it gets difficult when it gets to a point when you start to see patterns, you know, and, and it's not, you know, now granted, we know that he's gone through some off-field issues that had to deal with um, physical, some assault and things like that in the past. Wasn't charged officially, but again, you have you have these patterns. I guess that's just the way to put it. Uh, At at some point, we have to call a spade a spade and say it is what it is. Uh, What is your initial thought with this? Let's start with Big O here, and then we'll swing it up to Sarah. Well, you know, I actually got quite a bit of of knowledge of his history because he was at Oklahoma State before he transferred. I believe it was to either I think it was Cleveland State is where he went to after he was. excuse from Oklahoma State. He had an issue with a with a pregnant girlfriend there. Um, there was a uh, abuse allegations. One thing about Mike Gundy, um, he does not he doesn't he don't mess around with any of that stuff. If if you got stuff going on, he removes you from the team. Uh, Tyreek, who single handedly beat Oklahoma, I believe that the year before on the uh, Bob Stoops rekick, uh, he took a punt in for a touchdown. They won in Norman obviously a huge part of that team, but um, yeah, this is something he's had before. Now, obviously uh, abuse charges or assault charges. We don't know what those are. Those might be in a club. Those might be uh, a road rage incident. Who knows? Um, We don't know if it's related to another um, relationship issue or whatever, but yes, there seems to be a pattern. He's had that happen before and it'll be interesting to see what the Dolphins do and what the league does because, you know, our good friend Alyssa made a really good point on Twitter today. You know, we're, we're hammering players for gambling, right? We're hammering mm-hmm. players for all this stuff. It'd be nice to see us have that same sort of enthusiasm when it comes to assault and, um, you know, uh, abuse of, of a female and things like that. It'd be nice to see that same kind of zeal or that same kind of, um, you know, uh, that, that the way they're handling gambling also on that aspect as well. So we'll see what happens. Obviously no, nothing's come out yet other than he does have a situation. Uh, we'll see more, but um, yeah, it's uh it's, it's a little, uh, it's a little disheartening. Well, Sarah, so I want, I want to give you a chance to kind of answer that as well, but uh, Bleacher Report did it. Bleacher Report it's on the came news out down here that, too. So, okay. Yeah. So to recall, um, it says it's after allegedly hitting a man at a marina in Miami on right. Sunday. So it is, yeah. it is, uh, it, it doesn't have to do with a woman or a relationship or anything like that, but still assault is assault. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's been on the news for like the last hour here. Um, and I, he, he had it on Twitter or whatever, Instagram, you know, he was out twice this past week, Sunday and Tuesday, he shows he was out on the water. So, um, it's definitely him. The question is, is, you know, if they have any of it on video, what, you know, he said, she said, whatnot, who started it. I have a feeling it'll just probably get swept under the rug. Um, like it always does, you know, they'll come to some type of monetary settlement and, uh, and it'll be moved on. But you know what I have an issue with when it comes to stuff like that? First of all, you're right. I'm not saying my issue is with what you said. You're right. But the issue that I do have is that, Okay, so yeah, something like this, um, he'll probably pay somebody, you know, whoever the, the victim was, he'll pay them. Uh, they'll they'll accept it, sign an NDA, never talk about it again and go away. And we'll kind of forget, we won't forget about it because it'll come up every time anything really big about Tariq Hill comes up. 
But on a week-to-week basis, when you were watching the game, this won't even be a thing. But yet every single time you see Stefan Diggs stressed out on the sideline now, uh, you're going to – the the news, the media, including us, because that's what we do, uh, we're going to talk about how Stefan Diggs is emotional and how he's a bad teammate. And, and a diva. And, and he's on a – from something that so to me i'll be honest with you i'd rather have whatever passion that we're sitting now is it a distraction to me yes period it's a distraction but i'd rather have stefan diggs being unhappy with us not winning or uh him not whatever the, the issue is i'd rather have this than for us to have a player who's constantly in the news for any type of assault any type of abuse any type of off-field stuff like this uh am i am i kind of off base with that when I'm when I'm saying it because I think that's ridiculous I don't think you're off base with it but I also know this if you don't want to be talked about then don't do it um that's a real simple way of 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 making it go away um you know for everybody that thought it went away um it was brought back up again today in the media um there were discussions about it and those types of things um yeah obviously Stefan is very very passionate he does, uh, he does run a little bit hot as far as, you know, competitive situations and things like that. You can call it what you want to call it, but at some point it becomes a distraction and, and it doesn't need to be done. And um, so, yes, I mean, obviously when you're talking about a guy who has a history of assault versus a guy who has a history of, of um, you know, maybe coming a little bit unglued on a sideline, yeah, you would rather have that. But you know, all in all, you don't want the you don't want the latter either. And it would be nice if we could, uh, you know, button that up a little bit and and not have to talk about it all the time. Sarah, anything with that? Yeah, I mean, it's I I'm the one that was so, super loud about everyone going crazy about you know Diggs and how aggravated I get that everyone calls him a diva and everything else just because you know he's not getting his own way. And but then you look at you know. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and they throw the same type of fits on the the sideline and they're passionate and everything. It's kind of the same thing, you know, here, like, you know, don't, don't look at one guy and say that they're a terrible person and Indiva and everything else. When he hasn't done anything physical to somebody, he hasn't hurt anybody. He's just, you know, being passionate about the game. And then you got someone like Tyreek Hill who, you know, Jerry was just saying who has, literally gotten in trouble several times with the law already, but it just keeps on, you know, getting passed by like it's nothing. Um, You know, the one thing I always remember when it comes to him is the child abuse uh, charges that ended up getting this, you know, dismissed, but um, you know, there was so much evidence on it. It just, you know, you can tell that the the person dropped the charges. So um, I just hate it. it. You know, I wish that the the narrative would go away. Go ahead, Spence. Go ahead. No, go I mean, that's why that's why I go hard for people like um, when Cam was in the league. I know he fell off a cliff there at the end of the of his career. He couldn't throw the ball 10 yards. I get it. Um, you know, that's why I go hard for guys like Odell Beckham Jr., who really at the end of the day, you really don't have any reports to say he was a bad teammate or he's been horrible in the locker room. But you have these reports that come out when he does these sideline antics or you have these things where he wants to take his teammates on a on a on a boat, you know, on their bye week or something like that to relax. These are the type of things that really get ran through the media as in a very negative manner, as opposed to because, again, I feel like this this story is going to go away. But at this point now, it's a repeated 
thing. So I, I just don't I don't understand it. And I'm part of the media now. So this is this is one of the things about what we do that bugs me. But Big O, you had something to say there? Well, the only thing I will say, and by the way, if you remember, it's not just Stefan Diggs. Our our offense coordinator slammed an iPad in the press box at Miami. And that has turned into a meme in itself. And that's still talked mm-hmm. about. I heard that narrative yes the other day about how Dorsey is a, is a hothead and things like that, because, you know, he slammed his iPad, but going back to some of the stuff with Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady and everything, honestly, if a receiver runs a wrong route, if a running back goes the wrong way and doesn't pick up a blitz, I have no problems with a quarterback getting on a player. The only thing I, I have issue with is the the almost, um, I don't want to say spoiled, but when I'm not getting my way, then I throw a fit. That's a little bit different than reacting to a player that is, that is making missed assignments and doing the wrong thing. I think it's a little bit different. Yes, it's somewhat similar, but I don't think it's even on the same level. Yeah, so we can, we can move on from it. It, it kind of dropped right before the, the show went live here, so I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. Uh, we, we can move on and we can, you know, let, let's end this up and actually let, let's finalize the conversation as well about One Bill's Drive since we're kind of in this type right. of conversation. Let's let's end this up here. So it, it seems like now all is well, ends well. Seems like right. Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen's marriage is back on and, and they're back in a in a good place and they had makeup dinner and they had a nice whatever, right? So everybody's good. Do you buy it? You know, do you, do you feel like it's over or is it just kind of like one of the, the teams saying, okay, guys, you go out there in front of these cameras during practice and you make nice because we were sick of this shit. You got to put put this yeah, to bed. Right. Sarah, you can go first on that. Yeah, I think that realistically, no one really knows exactly what was going on. Was the problem with, with Josh and Steph? Was the problem with Steph and Dorsey? Was the problem with, you know, Steph and the whole entire offense? We have no clue. It could also have been non-football related, which is what, you know, uh, Josh alluded to to begin with. We don't know. So do I think that they've put it aside for now? Yes. And I say for now because, you know, the first time they get out on the the field and they start losing, um, if it's not really fixed, it'll show. Well, the first thing is this. If you think there's never disagreements uh, on a football team, you're crazy. The difference is they're done in a locker room. They're not done out in the middle of the field with a bunch of cameras around. The second thing is, is I don't understand why everybody feels the need that those two have to like one another. I don't think that the whole the whole like thing is is important. Uh, we talked about this on the show last week. There's a definite difference between like and love. Like comes and goes. I like to win, but a win leaves and it goes away and then you're searching for something else. Um, I don't care if they like one another. I don't care if they hang out. I don't care if they exchange Christmas cards. But what I do care about is that they love one another to where they'll do the things they have to do for that football team to be successful. And an example of that is with love comes trust, with love comes respect. Um, and that's where I that's where my problems are. I think that people really still think this NFL game is like high school where everybody's buddies and they go to school every day or college where – we're living in the same dorm or apartment complex. We're hanging out at the pool in the summer and we're doing all this stuff together. It's not that way. You know, as Mitch Moore said, I got shit to do. I got a family. I got kids. And you you only have a couple really, really close friends in professional sports or on a professional football team. I don't care if they like one another. I just wanted to make sure they're 
that they that they love each other, they respect each other, they trust one another, that on Sunday they will do the right things that we win football games. So I think that's something that's a little bit blown out of proportion. I don't really care if they like one another or not. My man Daryl Fletcher says, my man Daryl Dome's in the building. He says it's over for now, but Steph is going to be Steph at the end of the day. I'm sure there will be some frustration again at some point. It ultimately won't matter if the team wins, though. And that's kind of what I said Saturday on my pod. I did a pod with Mina Kimes over the weekend, and one of the things that I said at the beginning of the show is that, you know, I don't even understand why at this point anybody's acting surprised. Like, First of all, right. this is who Stefan Diggs is. We've known who he was before he came here from Minnesota. We knew who he was when he got here from Minnesota. And now we're going to blow every single tweet, every single press conference, every single disagreement out of proportion. And, you know, the thing that also bothered me about this, too, is like even Adam Schefter, even, uh, Schef, like, Schefter, you know, every single year the Buffalo Bills cancel the last day of, of practice because it's like not a big deal. Every single year, like since McDermott, when I was there, I wish they did. Well, since McDermott has been here, (laughs) I think most NFL teams do now, though. Yeah, they canceled that last day, and and now Shefty comes out and he doesn't say it's a problem, but the way you could tell the way that some information is presented is almost to say like, yep, it's a fire up in Buffalo and it's not even close. It, it's frustrating to, to, to watch how that goes. It's Sarah, you're not in your head. I feel like you kind of agree with what I'm saying there. Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I like going under the radar. They can keep on saying it's a dumpster fire and they can, you know, push the false narrative and then we, you know, we can go out and, you know, I, last year, I think part of us, you know, fell apart when we were the Super Bowl favorites and, you know, when you look back to 2020, we uh, weren't expected to do much of anything. And, you know, we came out and kind of dominated. So I, I'm, I want to go back to that. <laughs> Just That's I want to go under the radar. Let, you know, let them think that there's three, four, five or six, you know, AFC teams better than us. I'm OK. Listen, with that. You know what? You mentioned the 2020 season. So I've been watching that season uh, recently. So I, I, I'm pretty i think i'm through the season now i just ended with the 13 seconds game so i'm done with the season look not 13 seconds game i ended with the afc championship game but but look that year if there was a year to win i always keep saying the 13 seconds year was like the team was the roster that 2020 team first of all josh could have very easily i think i said this to you the other day sarah josh could have very easily been the mvp like I get that Aaron Rodgers was like lights out in 2020. I, I, I get it. Like he he pretty much had a perfect season for a quarterback. Barely any interceptions, barely any turnovers, barely any. Ba- but listen, the way Josh played, watching that that season back, it was impressive. I just I couldn't even believe that we had a quarterback like that in Buffalo. Uh, what this is not even a, a part of the comment or the questions that i sent you guys but uh sarah for you what was the moment like because it had to be that season like everybody else what was the moment for you that you're like okay no i thought that josh had some intangibles but okay he's the guy like this this in this 2020 is the guy. yeah in 2020 the dallas cowboys game the that the thanksgiving game that was the game for me i knew that like we were good i just didn't mm-hmm. think that it was gonna be that no that was 2019 actually i think that was the year before I, f- I yeah. thought he was, yeah, I think he was, I I've knew going into 2020 that what he could be. Um, I think that what, to be honest with you, I think that not playing in front of a crowd actually was beneficial for him. I think he, you know, he just went uh, crazy, not having to worry about, you know, impressing anybody other than 
the people out on the, you know, on the field in that moment. So, um, I don't know. I think that that's, uh, I, I can't really think back to 2020 and a, a specific game. Cause I kind of already knew going in it, my, my answer always is the Thanksgiving game against Dallas. What about you, Jerry? I think it was, it was that Dallas game and there was a few other games. And I think that the, the time when you saw the, the fact that Josh could actually every now and then you don't want it to happen every week, but there's times where your quarterback's going to have to win a game for you. And it was that season that he started becoming that type of quarterback where the fact he could run, the fact he could throw, but he could take over a game. Saw it again this year at home against Miami, that game we were at on Saturday night. Um, There comes a point in time where he just says, hey, I'm going to go win this. The rest of you can come if you want, but I'm going to take this over. And it was that season when he started really, really doing that. And um, to me, that was the, the telltale sign that, that he had arrived. For me, I think it was the that 2020 season. I, I agree with what both of you said. The season prior, there were moments that made me say, okay, this guy can be special. But in 2000, the Rams game, we uh, kind of came out to a big lead. We opened up on them. And then the Rams kind of came back. And I, I don't know if you got, if you both remember, but there was like a, just a horrible interception call that, shouldn't have gone the Rams way momentum completely swung and we were down with the ball on the last drive and Josh stayed cool he uh just made it and he just looked different and the Bills haven't had a quarterback to at that point kind of just take over in big moments in games like that so for me it was just like oh this dude this dude is serious And, and and it's just been it's been fun to watch and go back now to see the growth over the time you know, in the moment, there's some excitement, some nerves, and you know you, your heart. If you got an Apple Watch, is probably telling you to sit down and drink some water. But uh, but it's been fun to watch. L- let's let me ask you this, uh, and I'll start with Jerry on this. This was one of the questions. Has Josh? We talk about this. I feel like now every off season. Um, but has Josh, to some extent or some degree, caught up to Jim Kelly? In um, I guess in any capacity. I know he hasn't made it to the Super Bowl. Jim made it to four. Uh, one side of the argument, people will say, this is a ridiculous question to ask, Vince. Like, how can you ask? It's Jim Kelly. And that's probably <laughs> Sarah, because that's why no, Sarah lives in Miami. You you know I hate this question. It's the whole, like, MJ and right. LeBron and Kareem. Right. I hate this question. The different eras, different. I hate it. But go right. ahead. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll me and Jerry, <laughs> Jerry and I have been arguing for the last three weeks about MJ or, or LeBron. So we we <laughs> we overly participate in these conversations when we probably shouldn't. But Jerry, we'll start with you on this one because you had the you had the the honor and and privilege and fun times uh, to play with Jim. So uh, from your perspective, how do you feel about when this question comes up every summer now? I think that it's they're very similar in their careers. I mean. The Bills uh, were kind of a floundering franchise, didn't have a quarterback. Uh, Jim Kelly goes to the USFL. Then obviously that league folds after a couple of years. He arrives in Buffalo in a, in a parade and, and begins his, you know, his triumphant ascent to the, to the throne. And, you know, they go to the four Super Bowls and he, he goes on to have a, a Hall of Fame career. Very similar to Josh Allen, who shows up. Um, obviously, Josh didn't quite have the, uh, I guess you could say, I don't know, uh, maybe not quite the college career gym, or maybe wasn't quite as 
is, um, <laughs> you know, the fanfare and everything else that Jim had. Now, obviously, we're also talking Jim. Jim was going to make sure there was fanfare. <laughs> Jim was going to make sure the attention was on him. But the same situation showed up. Team did not have a quarterback. Josh gets picked, and, and the rest is history. Um, the thing that's going to to really be the telltale sign for me, I'm still Jim Kelly. Um, I will probably always be Jim Kelly. I'm partial to Jim, obviously, because I played for him. There is no tougher football player that I've ever played with than Jim Kelly. The man was absolutely amazing. His toughness, and I believe toughness wins. Um, I think it's the most important trait of a player is his toughness. And because it allows the the natural ability and the natural talent to shine through, um, I look at that, and I also look at his leadership, and I look at how, you know, they had the bickering bills. I told Sarah last week two totally separate situations than what's going on with Diggs. This isn't a this isn't two players. This was that was back when obviously Jim had made some comments about House Ballard and the rest of the team came to House's defense, and then that whole situation started, but. When Josh really starts taking, I think Josh is is a strong leader. I don't think he is quite to the level of Jim Kelly yet. When he really starts coming into his own with that swagger and that ability to 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 lead this group, and quite possibly, although I agree with Daryl, Stefan's going to be Stefan. You know, maybe that stuff doesn't happen anymore because he, you know, takes a stronger leadership role. Then I'll go ahead and maybe try to compare him, but. To me, there will be no comparison because Jim Kelly is the man and always will be. Well, Sarah, I know you already hate the conversation, but what are your thoughts after Jim? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would, I'm would. i going to agree with Jerry that for now it's Jim. Um, I mean, Jim had, uh, if I think back, um, he went to the Super Bowl his fifth year, uh, 17 playoff appearances. Josh has only had eight. Eight, yeah. If I think twenty, yeah, eight. Um, I think Josh is four and four, and um, and Jim Kelly, it you know was. I know we won, we won nine, so nine and eight, and then and four of them being losses in the Super Bowl. Um, I think that that Josh will get there. I think that if you look at statistically, you know, I think Josh will probably surpass Kelly's numbers and probably will have a lot longer career than Kelly. If, you know, as Jerry was saying, Kelly went to, um, you know, the USFL first and that before coming, you know, over to, to play with the bills. So he came a little bit older. Um, so he only played, you know, for like 11 years. So I think Josh will eventually get there. Um, so my answer is Kelly still for sure. Um, even if the stats don't measure up, I think that getting us to a Super Bowl um, is is enough to to kind of start comparing comparing. Winning a Super Bowl would put me would put Josh ahead for me. Um, obviously, he needs to win win it though. Um, but if it's multiple Super Bowl appearances, it's just timing. Uh, you know, you gotta just you know, it's five years to eleven years, and you know multiple playoff appearances and multiple Super Bowl appearances. You can't compare it at this point. I think Josh will get there though. That's so what you're saying. So, so what you're saying, Sarah, is just because you're statistically dominant over another player, that doesn't mean you're the best of all time. I'm just asking for Spence. I mean, <laughs> he seems to have confusion with that. 
Okay. The, so that it's, that I, it's championships okay. that make the difference and not statistics. I think that a part of stats matter, but the difference between the way people played 20 years ago and the way pe the people play now is very different. I knew where you were going. I knew where you were going. The difference is very, they're very different styles of play. And if we're going to basketball, it's very different for basketball, but, even, but football as well. I mean, Kelly averaged about 3,000 yards a year. You know, Josh is on ever is, is averaging over four, you know, four thousand yeah, a year. It's a different, it's a different it's, game now. It's, it's a, different a different game. game. That's my point. It's a different game. But I will that's say why this I hate Josh this conversation. Is, right. And I will say like, this: as much as I am a Jim Kelly homer, and I, and I ride with Jim, I will say this: you know, Jim played on teams with Thurman Hall of Fame, Andre Reid Hall of Fame, Kent Hole should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Tasker should be in the Hall of Fame. You should Bruce, be in the Hall of Fame. Bruce Hall of Fame. Um, Marv Levy Hall of Fame. I mean, so, um, you know, he was playing on some teams with some pretty damn good players. But, like you said, I think that, you know, if – especially – I'll tell you what, if you ask most if you ask most people, especially ex-athletes or, or current pro-athletes, I mean, heck, Shaq says it all the time. I don't want to hear anything. How many does MJ have? Six. How many does LeBron have? This many. End of discussion. And that's it. He shuts down after that. So I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but um, but no, I I still think it's Jim Kelly. And I think that um really if you look at Buffalo and what it's all about, I mean, Jim Kelly exemplifies Buffalo, he exemplifies the city, exemplifies the, the franchise. He hated Buffalo. He didn't want to go to Buffalo. It became he became Buffalo. Josh, I think, came in as Buffalo. So I think that that's why Josh will eventually get there. I mean, he's he was kind of made perfectly for, you know, the the team that he's on and in taking over for, um, you know, after 17 right. years of having the drought and everything. I think that he's the perfect quarterback um, to to be on the Bills. And for this, you know, community and, and, you know, this fan, the whole fan fandom of uh, Bill's Mafia, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I'll, I'll agree. I, I mean, I'm going to disagree about, you know, I just to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to say uh, it's Josh. I'm just going to do that. I'm going to say he's um, for different reasons. And I understand why both of you are saying Jim. I know Sarah has a, she has a special place in her heart for Jim. <laughs> So I, I completely get that. Um, but to what Jerry's point was about. I'd like to hear that story. I don't know it. You, well, I've told the story. Haven't I told you the story? Mm. Well, go ahead, oh, Sarah. Well, kind of, is this some kind of U of M thing or something? He's, yeah. Um, yeah. So quickly, I'll give you the, the, the quick version. My senior year, I got to meet him um, in central New York and uh, at a cheerleading football thing. Um, everyone knew how much I loved him. So they all pushed me to the front. So after he was done talking, I got to meet him first. And uh, he asked me where I was going to school. And I told him I got accepted to a couple of schools. And then I, I ended with the, the University of Miami. And he beamed with a smile and said, have I seen the, the campus yet? And I said, not yet. And he said, once you do, you'll know. Uh, I booked a, a uh, yeah, I booked a bus Greyhound uh, trip down. <laughs> I couldn't afford a flight. So I took a bus down to, to Miami on my winter break and uh, went and saw the campus. He was right. I knew. 
And my freshman year, the first football game of the season, he was the um, person to do the hurricane call. Um, so I got to meet him again and I walked up to him and he actually remembered me. He was like, I met you in, uh, in central New York at the outlet mall. <laughs> He's like, you chose the university of Miami. So he remembered me and everything. And it was, you know, literally, you know, I walked away in tears. <laughs> He'll never know that part, but yeah. But no, that was one of his superpowers making, making ordinary people or people that weren't, you know, uh, you know, making them feel special. Just the same thing with me when I was on the practice squad, he had that ability. It was amazing. Yeah. Yep. So, so I understand that both of you have a bias when it comes to, uh, <laughs> Hey, is it Jim or Josh? So just for the sake of it being, you know, I, I, we're not going to go three and O here. I'm going to say it's Josh for now. We'll debate I think it'll be later. Josh eventually. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. It is MJ though. We're going to uh, get a quick word from my guy. <laughs> quick guy, quick word from my guy, Buffalo Freddy real quick. Okay. Here's the deal. I know as Bills fans, we wait all year for the fall and the winter so we can go to the Bills games. I get it. Trust me, I do. But let me tell you why this time of the year is elite. It's party time. And we're going to party for so many reasons, whether it's a graduation party, a birthday party, family reunion, or just because it's Saturday and the weather's perfect. Here's the thing. My guy, Buffalo Freddy, has everything you need to make your party the best party of the year. We have everything from chairs and tables to premium tents, water slides, wet and dry bounce houses, and so much more. And that's not all. The best barbecue catering in Western New York has you covered, whether it's a small party or a corporate gathering. Buffalo Freddy Barbecue Catering makes everything easy for you. Rentals and bookings available now at www.buffalofreddy.com or you can call 716-4-FREDDY. That's 716-437-3339. Remember, for all your party rental needs, just call 4-FREDDY. All right. And uh, I had to drop that in at the very last year. So Jerry couldn't respond because this is definitely not MJ over LeBron. I'm just I'm just look, LeBron James. And, and we're not going to go into this. I, I'm going to control the conversation on this one because it's my show. Damn it. LeBron James is the better. No, look, MJ is that dude. Everybody knows who MJ was. At least you should. If you don't know how dominant of a player Michael Jordan was when he was playing, you probably shouldn't participate in many of these basketball conversations. The, the thing that I differ when I say that LeBron James is the better of the two is not because I'm taking anything away from Jordan. I think Jerry thinks that often because he'll send me a message here. There, like, it'll be a random time of the day. It's like it's like two in the morning and I get a text from Jerry, like with an Instagram of, of uh, Allen Iverson saying that Jordan's better. And so it, it's not taking anything away from Jordan. It's just that I think that the way LeBron, he's going to be a top 10 in basically every category, um, whether it's scoring, rebounding, steals, black, like he's going to be a top player in every category for, for, it, you just can't debate that for me. I get it. Jordan was a killer. So was Kobe. If you're going to have a certain conversation, you got to throw Kobe in there too. I'll give you a quick second to rebuttal and then we're going to get on hard knocks. Well, the reason I send you those are not the fact that it's about LeBron or MJ is number one. It's the fact that all the NBA guys say that Kobe's number two. So I'll just leave it at that. I mean, that's fine. They, 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 uh, they're entitled to their wrong. No, you see me. I'm talking about NBA players. Like they're, they're entitled to their wrong opinions. But let's get on this. Last summer, what to me, one of the best uh, years for hard knocks on HBO. 
uh, featured the, the Detroit Lions, and I, I, I thought it was just one of the best seasons. I, I love I, now Jamal Williams isn't there anymore, but I loved his energy last year. I love how the entire coaching staff is full of uh, former players. Um, I love, right. like, I just love the, the full energy of everything, you know. So it's been reported that, you know, they're probably going to repeat as the, um, the, the hard knock selection this year. Uh, Sarah, did you hear something else? Yeah, I actually heard yesterday that they turned it down, but oh, they turned it down. Okay, so I haven't, I haven't looked today. I've I actually... heard, so I don't know whether that's true or not. But it's been reported well, that they did actually turn been it. busy today for once at work, so I didn't get a chance <laughs> to catch up on that. But um, if it's if not them, then uh, who would you like to see and why? But uh, I, I would like to, I would like to see Detroit again. I think it would be a, a fun thing. But if they did turn it down, uh, then who would you like to see and why? You want Sarah? me to go first? All yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that Detroit would have been the best choice to, to have him come back. They were probably the uh, the best year that, that it has been. I actually stopped watching it for a couple of years and then watched it because I had heard so much stuff about the Detroit um, season. So, uh, you know, I think that Dan Campbell is, is great and entertaining. Um, and then they had a really good – recruiting you know or rookie class this year so you know i think that if they were to mm. have to you know have to do it then it would be great to have them be the ones to, to do it but since they don't if they did turn it down um i would just absolutely love them to force the jets to do it um i think that you know uh aaron Rodgers, um probably the best storyline of the off season so i think that it would be fun uh, to watch him have you know a couple meltdowns throughout the the off season and kind of change that narrative over in New Jersey. Um, but I mean, right now everybody seems to be turning it down. The, I think the three teams, I think it was the Saints, the Jets, and one other team I can't think of who um, that they can make do it. None of you know they all turned it down. They all you know for different reasons. So, um, but I think that if they're going to make a team, that they should make the Jets. Well, the Jets think, would be the team, right? Because yeah. it's it's New York, it's Aaron Rodgers, like it's the it's the biggest market if it's not LA, you know. So it's the biggest market is Aaron Rodgers. Who who else can it be? Uh, but but big O. I think obviously the quirkiness of the head coach is what makes the show, right? So obviously HCDC, uh, head coach Dan Campbell, <laughs> as McAfee calls him, um, was the was the perfect choice, right? Then you had a you know you had all the transition and things like that. Um, I would, there's like four teams I wouldn't mind seeing. One would be just because I would love to see what he's like really behind closed doors and how he really handles things. I think Belichick and the New England Patriots would be fascinating just to see Belichick in his environment, you know, almost like, you know, almost like going to the zoo and watching an animal in its habitat. I mean, it would be, it would be, it would be incredibly interesting. Um, you want quirky? Nick Sirianno, the head coach of Philadelphia, I think the Eagles would be awesome. Um, you know, you got Jalen Hurts. You got, you know, Sirianno, who's who's definitely a whack job and out there. Be good to see him. I think Andy Reid and the Chiefs would be interesting. I think it'd really be cool to see how Andy Reid handles things behind closed doors. And then, obviously, I, I have I, I enjoy Kyle Shanahan. I think the 49ers would be cool. I'd like to see mm -hmm. Shanahan and how he does stuff. I think that would be a pretty cool camp as well. So those four teams – I think would be cool to see, but you know, unless you have a head coach that is uh, like, for instance, Hey man, nobody would probably want to see it, but me, but like 
when Greg Williams was the head coach of the Bills, that probably would have been an unreal hard knocks. Yeah. I think the Dolphins would actually – yeah, I think the Dolphins would actually – I like Mike McDaniels. I think it would be uh, a a good one as well. But supposedly every team has turned it down, and then the the three teams that they – are requiring to, you know, the, or they could force to do it, have also turned it down. So they're struggling. Right. Um, it's a distraction. I don't care, if, you know, whatever, you know, what anyone says. Supposedly, that's why Detroit turned it down is because they feel like they actually have a really good roster this year and have a chance to, you know, to do something. They don't want to start off the season slow. They don't want any distractions. They don't want, you know, cameras all around, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they don't need the attention is what, you know, I heard. Um, right. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. A lot of people are saying they might end up canceling Hard Knocks this year if they can't get one of these teams to Mm-mm. agree to it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, they can force somebody, and the NFL will because it means money. But I don't know if you remember the story. Back when the Patriots came out of nowhere and just completely shut down the Rams in the Super Bowl, it was actually one of those Hard Knocks-type shows that gave up what was going on. And it was a DB from new England that had been at Washington when Shanahan was at Washington. And so was McVeigh. And he was watching the, the Ram show that was on, I believe it was Amazon. They had a kind of a hard knocks type show that went through the season. He was watching the show and was actually hearing the code words and, and things that the players were saying that actually tipped off plays that, cause he had heard the same thing in Washington. So they go back, start doing extensive film study and see that they all match up. And then they go ahead and put their game plan together and absolutely completely shut down the the Rams. But in true Belichick fashion, it was a bit of, you know, obtained information. Now, this time, at least it was legally, but there was, you know, <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, this time it was legally, but it was off of one of those shows. So sometimes, you know, there's no more of a there, there are no bigger paranoid people in the world than coaches. And I could see a lot of guys maybe not wanting to have their stuff out there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Give me Denver. I know they probably mm. won't make it happen. But yeah, Sean Payton, no, I'm telling you, give me Denver for a couple of reasons. One, Sean Payton's new coach, obviously, and we're waiting for him to come out of his coaching hiatus that he was on for some time now. That would be interesting. Russell Wilson is the corniest, funniest, uh-huh. most loving, <laughs> most hated guy in America. Like any emotion that you can have towards him, he, there's somebody that feels that way about him. Right. I could take seeing Sierra once a week for no reason on TV. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else. Or I could surely take seeing Sierra for, you know, give me a couple segments of Sierra. Okay. That that's that. Then they also have some interesting storylines too, though. I think the wide receiver room would, would add for an interesting storyline uh, because of every year. Um, it, it seems like every year it, you always feel like, hey, okay, they were a quarterback away. Then they get the quarterback, and it wasn't. But it's like you know, with Judy, you know, with um, now I'm gonna miss names just because I'm using them as a point. But I think they have the type of roster, um, right. and the the. Javante Williams, his uh, return back to the field and him trying to play, he's healthy. I don't think – I hope that they don't play him, but they said that he's been cleared to return to some type of football activities. Right, right. I hope they don't rush him back. But still, all in all, I think there's a ton of storylines there that I would love to see. But you know, Spence, that almost didn't happen either because there's there's a deal out. I was talking to my, my real good friend RJ from Fox Sports – Russell actually turned down a trade to Philly. He they they were going to send him to Philadelphia, and he's got the right of first refusal on trades. He turned down the Philly trade 
to go to Denver. So he almost didn't end up in Denver. If he just said yes, he'd have been in Philly. We wouldn't have had the Jalen Hurts story. We wouldn't be at this, you know, they wouldn't probably be in a Super Bowl last year. And uh, guys, it's the Bears and Commanders along with the Saints and the Jets that can be forced to do it. Commanders be interesting. It's, it's going to be the Jets, though. I would like to see the Commanders, though, because, hey, I like I like what they're trying to do with their new offense. If, uh, like, they're bringing in it's, – it's going to be different because now you have – some personalities in the coat in these coaching right. positions that that really can bring because that's what it's about like you said jerry the head coach has to be a personality or the owner or or somebody on that level and you know what i still think the best season to me for me that out of the two so it's either the jet season with rex or it's the the ravens when you know like one of the very early first the ravens hard knocks were absolutely yeah, outstanding that was the outstanding i was shannon sharp did it though uh, you know it, yeah it's shannon sharp well, they all they all did. I mean, Goose was there. I mean, Ray, you know, Ray, all this that that was yeah, there was, was the only team that had big as big a personalities on it as that Ravens team was the Super Bowl Bills teams with some of the personalities they had. Could you imagine a hard knocks with one of those type of Super Bowl teams? Like just the stories <laughs> that I hear about the, the 90s Bills. Could you imagine just hearing about the parties? Yeah, uh, yeah, it would have been it would have been very <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's all I got. As Forrest Gump would say, and that, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Jerry, let's, let's... Jerry wouldn't want those videos to be written, to be surfaced at this point. I don't point. think a lot of I don't think a lot of the players from that those teams nope. want those memories resurfaced. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Nope. So let's end off on a fun <laughs> conversation. Uh, one of the things that Jerry has been um, gauging my interest on has been NASCAR and racing and all and. One of the things that I brought up to him is so my time in Indianapolis, I did go to the Indy 500 a couple of times and complete like I enjoyed it. it. Like I wasn't in the racing. I'm still really not in the racing, but <laughs> going to the race, it's a completely different experience than, than right. watching it on TV. So I do enjoy it. One of the things that comes up all the time within regardless of what the conversation is, is how much Bill's Mafia is. So we're so proud and we're like, we're the best tailgate. You go to any game in America, you come to a Bill's Mafia tailgate and it's we're going to show you how to tailgate. We're going to take shots out of bowling balls and jump through tables and throw ketchup and hot sauce and mustard on you. And we're going to do all of this stuff. I, I think I think NASCAR might have them beat, Jerry. Uh, so from from your perspective, because you you are invested in both, right? Best tailgate, um, best tailgate I've ever been to was Texas Motor Speedway in the infield, um, bar none, not even close. Love you, Bills Mafia. I love everything about it. <laughs> Mafia House is great. Um, that's like that's like single A in some podunk town in Idaho compared to some <laughs> compared to the infield at Texas Motor Speedway or the Indy 500, or Daytona, or Talladega, uh, some of the places, Bristol, some of the places I've been to, um, the height of NASCAR was the wildest thing you can imagine. Sarah, what do you, have you been to any NASCAR events? Oh, yeah, I grew up going to Watkins Glen every year. Um, so, you know, I, I, like I said, I grew up going to Watkins Glen, and then uh, down here, I went to Daytona the year that Dallin Hart uh, crashed. Um, I was I actually, there as well. Oh, were you? I uh, yes, I, I stopped watching. Yeah, I stopped watching racing for a while after that. I was a diehard Dale Earnhardt fan. Um, few this is years... getting kind of weird, Sarah. I just want you to know that. All right, you've <laughs> been a lot of places. 
Um, a few years after that, probably about five, six years after that, I um, went to I went to uh, Homestead, and so I kind of got back into going here and there. Um, maybe it's a different experience for me because I, you know, I was younger, so yes, I was right. still trying to have a good time, but I didn't know people, so um you know to me best doesn't necessarily mean most you know crazy and ridiculous nascar races i've never been to an indie race by the way but a nas you know nascar races yes the the tailgating especially if you take the three-day package and you're there friday Boom. through sunday <laughs> crazy i know crazy <laughs> ridiculous um Boom. and it's it's a really you know it could be a really good time it definitely can be but i think that what I've gotten used to with the, the Bills tailgates is the people. So I have people, you know, at Hammer's Lot. You know, I'm very good friends with um, Pinto Ron and his and his family, Kenny and his daughter. I was at his daughter's wedding. Like, they're great people. I love going over there. Um, you know, all the OGs are over there, I call them, um, of, of Bills Mafia. You know, Diane and Mama Jay and they're all over there. So I usually go over and say hi to them. And then I have mafia house and then I have my own, you know, we, we call it's a long story, but we call each other, um, the, the minivan mafia. It's my, my little crew of, of people that we, you know, go to all of our away games and tailgate. Um, Spence has tailgated with them a, a couple of times. He's got to meet, uh, them all. So it's become a, the people now necessarily for me. So, um, just going and seeing everybody and, you know, even if I saw everybody last week, they still greet me like they haven't seen me in three months. Um, so that's the part that I like. It's, you know, still crazy and fun. I'm not going through no tables. I don't need to go through no tables <laughs> unless we win a Super Bowl, then I'll go through a table. Um, but other than that, you know, I think that that's the difference. I'm not looking for the strip of poles and all the, the, the craziness. <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen them. Um, actually, at a Miami Dolphins game, they had uh, they had uh, stripper poles. Um, uh, was it last year? No, I think the year before. I've so. seen them. I've seen them in but, Buffalo too. But yeah. well, it's like, but a NASCAR <laughs> a NASCAR tailgate, like Sarah said, you get there, you, you get there before the before the Xfinity race. They race. You party that night, and the next, it's like a three day event. The only mm -hmm. guy, you remember the Cat Williams when he was talking about partying with his Hispanic friends. And yeah. he's sitting there like he's dancing. He's looking at his watch like, man, I've been here 48 hours, man. That's NASCAR. <laughs> and that's NASCAR. That's NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, that was my experience every time I went. So I went twice to, to Indy 500, and that was my experience for every time. Like, you go, and it's like, I remember when I first went, my cousin, he's he's waking me up, and it's literally, it's like 3.30 in the morning. And he's like, all right, yeah, we got to get there. We got to get, get a good. And I'm like, are you yep. kidding? Like, And he's like, I'm telling you, get up. We get there and it's not even by the time we get down there, it's not even I don't even think it was 415 at the time, but it was it was like wreckage everywhere already. Like people were going crazy. Um but but yeah, no, I I gotta give the nat the nod to NASCAR. But well next, next year, here, from, yeah, they got some stripper poles yeah. and stuff too. I don't know where. <laughs> I haven't I don't know where. I just know I've seen it. <laughs> but like Sarah said, it's the people and you, you know you're seeing your friends and you're doing your thing, but uh, it's funny, next year for the 500, Spence, look on Twitter. I'll send it to you. They actually have an Indy 500 infield pick page where all it is is just taking pictures of people that are wrecked in the infield, like laying on curbs, in the grass. I think we should go. All over the place. I think we should, we should plan to go next year, Jerry. I'll tell you what, I'd get tickets. 
I think we should plan to go. Let's make it a let's make it a thing and let's let's do that and and uh and party up and tailgate real good. Just don't report back to anybody at SB Nation. Don't tell them <laughs> how I was acting at this tailgate. All right, all right, we'll talk about it. Sounds good. All right. So, well, look, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end a little bit early tonight. But Sarah and Jerry, first, thank you both for for joining me tonight. I I enjoy sometimes just having conversations where it's not all diving into the bills sometimes we did have a little bit of talk about that but uh why don't you both take some time really quick plug your shows or plug your content that you got coming up anything special and then let's get on out of here um go ahead sir you can, you can plug us all right so we have a line to gain tomorrow night at nine o'clock we have moved officially to wednesdays so check us out and Jerry talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, we both have a couple of additional projects coming once the season starts. So stay tuned for those things. Uh, some some things a little bit separate. You know, uh, we're not getting divorced or anything. But uh... yes. the captain and Tennille <laughs> are still staying together. <laughs> but no, I, I, hey, and I and I like this time of year talking about bills and talking about stuff like we did tonight, Spence, because there's nothing that pains me more that after the NBA finals, after the NHL finals, and we got that like 80 some days before, before football starts in the, in the sports radio world, it was the worst because Mm -hmm. it's called, it's, it's called crutch topic sports. So, you know, you're going to have like every Mount Rushmore list you can imagine. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a best sports movie list, uh, boxers or briefs. I mean, there's just like this whole swell of, of painful questions that you're going to watch or listen to or hear over the next so many weeks. So yeah, tune in, uh, tune into all the shows, get good quality uh, content on the bills and a few other things. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. And let's, I kid you not, I had out. my guy, Joab, uh, I had yeah. the information actually put up to say his name and he commented that he loves the hoodie. Uh, I got this dope hoodie in the mail uh, not too long ago, representing where my man, big O yes. uh, reigns from. Yes, and, uh, thank we don't you. Have I to got make one it too, down so. to the Bills Backers Bar down here in Tulsa. It's going to be a good time. So I'm going to make that happen. I don't know if it's going to be this season, but <laughs> it's either going to be this season or next. I'm going to make it happen. So thank well, you. Well, yeah, Joab's sister actually owns the bar where they have the Bills Backers in oh, Tulsa. Okay. The cool part is, is she doesn't serve food; she just serves alcohol. So people bring food. So it's almost like a tailgate situation at the bar. It's pretty cool. Uh, Joab's a great dude, man, and uh, just a little history. Yeah. That Buffalo, that's the Tulsa flag inside. It's the city of Tulsa flag inside the Buffalo Bills logo. Oh, nice. So that's kind of the, the the history of that. Very nice. So I appreciate it, man. And y'all know how we do it over here. Uh, first, I already said thank you to the two of you. So make sure you check them out tomorrow. Tomorrow we also have the chop up. Um, do we have any other programming happening on Wednesday? This tomorrow, week? no. Nope. Okay, so this week is just the two shows. We had we got so much stuff. We're gonna gonna do some shuffling around. So we're gonna have a new schedule come out for the season that we're gonna start. Um, I guess I don't know. We're probably gonna start practicing on it all first week of eight or of August. I was August, gonna say April. Yeah. Um, so look forward to it. It's gonna be a good season. I'm excited. I'm excited. But uh let's get on out of here. Y'all know how we do it over at Buffalo Rumlins. Y'all love each other, take care of each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go bills. Go Bills. One love, go Bills. Jerry's got to be. No <laughs> love conduct.